0: This podcast replay is brought to you by caneswear.com. For all your canes, dolphins, and heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. There he is, locked and loaded and ready to go. Good morning, my man. How are you doing, sir?
1: Good morning, oh, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Very good. Wasn't Constantine Popa a very good security guard? I was told.
1: <laughs> he sure was. Uh, I don't know what else Constantine uh, K- Popa did uh, in terms of his basketball career after Miami. Did he play- Did he play overseas somewhere? Yeah, I, mean, I think he did a little bit of
0: overseas stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: seven foot guy. I to a to told work. me he was a security guard. I don't know. <laughs>
1: He, that he probably was. I'm not sure. That's a good story though. That'd be an amazing uh, sight, right? You're trying to break into a place, and you got a seven foot. Uh, what is he? Seven foot four is a, well, how tall? God, he was
0: seven four. Yeah, yeah. yeah a
1: security guard uh, staring at you. That'd be uh, a little intimidating. Constantine
0: Bopa. Wow. It <laughs> was back in the Miami Arena days, bro. Yeah. Back okay. uh,
1: back when, uh, you, you know, you you were just excited to be a part
0: of the Big East, right? And just to yes. be... Uh... Yeah, and but let me tell you something. We had a couple of those games where Leonard Leonard's teams were really good. And we had like, I don't know, 11, 12, 13,000 mm-hmm. at, at Miami Arena. There were a couple of those games. I remember there was a, I want to say a Boston College game. There UConn, was... A lot of UConn U- games were, were well attended. Yeah, man. There were, there were a couple that in those years... Right before he left to the Washington, uh, Bullets, then right? I think it was the Bullets then. Still, they might
1: have they might have switched to Wizards by then. I think he was might have there. been Wizards then already. Yeah. Okay, so
0: yeah. the Wizards took him away, which I, you know, that was Michael Jordan, right? Wasn't it, uh, Michael's yep. team? Yeah, that was right after Michael retired. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, they took him away from us, and uh, but leading up to that, I remember we had a couple of those games that they moved them from the Knight Center because that's where they used to play yep. because they got so popular. They put them over in the Miami arena and we were all amazed that the university <laughs> of Miami basketball team was packing it in at the Miami arena, man. I, I still remember that. That was pretty good, man. That was, that was, I don't think the young, the youngins may not know about that. Like you no. really 12, 13,000 went to a UM game once. Yeah, man. They actually yeah. did back in the day. They were pretty good. Yeah. Hey man. What? Our town is the best at getting on bandwagons. I mean, oh man, we are the bandwagon capital of uh, of America, really, right? Right. We, we still probably own uh, World Series attendance records because we were in a football stadium, yeah, and we were packing it in for uh, for the boys in '97. So I'm sure we have, you know, uh, attendance records. I don't know what they are for the World Series. Why don't you look that up there, Sean? Attendance records for the World Series. Where do the Marlins rank? In single game attendance, I would have to think: Did the Did the Rockies make it to the World Series at all with those teams when they were in the base when they were in the football stadium? You remember early early on? I I don't. They not they didn't make the World right?
1: Series early on. No, no right? I don't remember them getting it early on. No, their their first yeah. World Series I remember was against the Red Sox, and I think that was like two thousand four, and they were already in in, in uh, yeah,
0: Field. So yeah, the Galarraga, uh uh. Um Dante. They made the playoffs. Dante, they made Dante The playoffs, Comrie, Suzanne Plachette teams. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, they they I don't yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I still remember that Galarraga home run he hit here. Oh yeah. Oh, the second yeah. deck.
1: Second oh. deck. I was there that day. Oh, too. I, I was there the uh the day of the championship parade. I, I my brother and I uh got there early as hell. We got in the stadium fast, and you talk about the stadium being packed for a, a championship celebration. I never would have imagined eighty thousand people being in a You know, in Miami for baseball, loving baseball that way.
0: And a lot of older men felt like pedophiles. She's only 16. (laughs) Every time they played that video of everybody's doing the fish. Yes, exactly. And that that young girl had the big jugs and everybody was going crazy over that video. And then later on, everybody finds out she's only 16. You're like, oh, man, all these men (laughs) had terrible thoughts in their minds every time they were doing the fish. (laughs) Hilarious, dude. Hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> anyway all right let's get to it uh spring spring has sprung. what did you see in the game give me some give me some some positives Well I mean look they just
1: uh, wrapped up their first uh, week of practice they're actually going on uh, spring break because spring break is next week for uh, for the University of Miami students uh, for my house my daughters their spring break is until two weeks from now so uh, but they're they're getting off next week and they'll be gone uh, no practices they'll resume I think on the 21st. Uh, Of margins when they'll get back to it. But the first three days are in the books. They finally got into uh, pads yesterday uh, a little bit. Um, You know, the the headline really was that the true freshman Francis Maui Goa got in with the first team at right tackle uh, in the third practice. So everybody's all excited about that. I don't want to pee on anybody's parade, but I'm just going to say this. There's a lot of guys out this spring, and that's what I'm going to remind people with all of this stuff is don't worry about the depth chart so much. Uh, worry more about when when guys are back in the fall, what what this is really going to look like. And I'm not saying Maui Goa couldn't crack the starting lineup. In fact, I think he will. I don't know that he'll be necessarily a day one starter at Miami, but he could be a, a day three, day, day four starter for them. So uh, super talented lineman. I think Kim and Samson, Okanlola, Lola, the, the two five stars are going to make a huge impact here. They're both super athletic, uh, unlike other offensive linemen on this team. And so, uh, you know, that's it, man. I mean, it's I I know we get excited because football's back for the spring, but it's like there's no games to prepare for. <laughs> there's no it's just whoever's healthy is out there sweating, learning the new yeah. offense, going through stuff. So uh for me as as a guy who's done this 25 plus years, it's like all right, there's not a whole lot of sex appeal for me to go out there other than to speak to the new coordinators, speak to the new assistant coaches, speak to the new faces, right? Go and introduce myself to those guys.
0: Outside of that, it's kind of meaningless. No, I I, I get it. It's true because really nothing that ever happens in the spring that even people get excited about really rolls over into the regular season anyway. And and, And really, it's hard to measure, you know, what's re- and plus you're installing a new offense now right and all of this so yeah it's it, 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 until we actually see them on the field competing then we'll get a feel for how much this team has grown from last year because if there's one thing that Cristobal has to do he has to develop a much him and his staff have to develop a much better team this year that's more effective that is uh, more mature that is you know more consistent out there to me, that's the other thing that I'm going to measure is how 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 well are these guys playing? How few mistakes are they making? You know, that kind of stuff. I want to see how much have the coaches also prepared their players to succeed.
1: Yeah. And and, and setting up a culture, right. An expectation internally for, for the way that they want to play. And I, I think, you know, we got a chance to talk to the coordinators on Tuesday after I had come on your show. Oh, um, You know, we we kind of moved it up earlier in the day so that we could so that I could make sure I was there for their press conferences. But I I really like the guys that he hired. I think, you know, uh, Shannon Dawson and and Lance Guidry are both uh, hungry coaches. You know, they're both guys that are, I think, really still looking to make a name for themselves, even though they've been doing this for a long time. This is the opportunity. Right. Come to a power five program and get a group to overachieve versus you know live up to uh, whatever exterior expectations there are I think I think you know they, they're used to coaching guys that aren't five stars and four stars and and coaching guys that that also want to be you know that are hungry and want to prove themselves so I think that mentality is sort of setting in I think last year when you had Josh Gaddis uh, and you had Kevin Steele you had guys that were just uh, had have been there done that before right they've they've climbed to the mountaintop they've been to the playoffs they've played an important bowl games, coached uh, on championship teams, et cetera. So um, I think it's a different mindset um, with both of those guys, and I think that permeates into the locker room and
0: permeates into uh, the mentality and practice. I'm with you there. 20 players now transferred, so that's uh, yeah. a turnover now for for the Canes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the, w- the way college football is now. Oh, I mean, you're just going to see a lot of guys year to year to year. That's why this recruiting thing is so – uh, complicated to figure out, you know, we, we, for so many years, we would sit there and say, Hmm, let's just look at the recruiting standings, right? Hmm. Miami's ranked 15th this year. They're ranked 12th this year. They should be good, right? They've got all this. Well, not anymore, man. Like it's, it's really more about turnover year to year to year free agency in college football. And can you pick up the kind of transfers that'll make up for your losses? Can you can you bring in guys that are upgrades over what you had the season before? And I think Mario has done that in a couple of spots. I think the offensive line is going to be much better with JV on Cohen and Matt Lee, uh, part of this offensive line. But I still think he could use a, a legitimate number one cornerback. I don't know that they have that on the roster. I still think they could use a guy at wide receiver who can take the top off. Uh, oh, yeah, number one wide
0: receiver, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, I, look, Colby Young is super – physically, he's super impressive. I mean, he's 6'4", 213 pounds. You go back and you put the tape on of the Virginia Tech and the Duke games where he, where he scored touchdowns and made big catches, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, this guy could be a number one. But the reality is, you know, you'd rather have a little bit more – Uh, depth at that position than you do right now in terms of speed on the outside. You don't really have that. You have a lot of unproven guys who've gotten some opportunities and not come through and delivered. So uh, I don't know that they'll find that in the transfer portal, but I guess my overall point with all of this is uh, you're always looking and the methodology uh, methodology of of what we're used to of building a roster in college football nowadays is just different. You don't just – Recruit a, br- a bunch of freshmen year to year to year and hold on to them and develop them. It's it's a constant process, and I think fans who who casually tune in and don't watch college football and see how the uh, the donuts are made year to year. This is the way the game is now. So uh, I think Mario uh, did a good job. I still think he can get more help in the portal.
0: All right. So talk to me uh, about uh, Mr. Gaddis in Maryland.
1: Yeah, uh, ends up uh, really back with Mike Loxley, who he's with at Alabama. Um, you know, Maryland's one of those interesting programs. Obviously, they've got Tua's younger brother there playing quarterback for him. Um you know, they're in a, they also have a really ugly ass
0: helmet. All yes. Right, they, wait, I'm, they, so, I'm they, sorry. As I digress, I'm sorry. They,
1: they, they've got one of the ugliest sets of uniforms I've ever seen. In all honesty, I completely agree with you. <laughs> it's pretty bad.
0: They got so much <laughs> shit going on on that helmet.
1: <laughs> it's like, what it the is.
0: hell is that, dude? What is wrong with you it, people?
1: It, it really is uh embarrassing. But uh look, it's a first start for him. Uh, You know, I, he wasn't a fit at Miami uh, from a culture, from a, uh, just, you know, getting the players in the wide receiver room to play for him. I think the moment he got that job and he got down here and he realized, Hey, this isn't, I don't, I don't have the same type of players I had at Michigan. I don't have the same type of alignment. I don't have uh, a Blake Corum in the backfield. I don't have a, a standout receiver. I think he sort of started whimpering to himself like, Oh, I got to get out of here quickly. And I think he coached that way. I think he, he coaches a guy who wasn't necessarily happy. And I think it rubbed off uh in 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 the room and and so now he gets a fresh start at Maryland he'll get a chance to uh find his footing in the Big Ten where I think he did have some success obviously with Michigan he might be better suited for that kind of football anyway and uh so hopefully for him it works out I don't I don't think Josh Gaddis is a bad guy I just think he was a bad fit for Miami
0: oh yeah I I don't know what kind of guy he is he might be a a fantastic dude I just I thought he did a piss poor job of adjusting to the talent that he had and kind of forced a square peg in a round hole i didn't see i didn't see creativity from a coach and you know that's what you're gonna have you know you're gonna go through seasons where you don't have this you know look at eric spolstra okay so you're giving me Whiteside and deon waiters and tyler john okay well i'll try to make the best out of whatever i and he does mm-hmm. and then chris bosh is in and out of the lineup with a blood clot and then he's got to change the 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 offense and he adjusts. And if he has the big three, or if he has, you know, Jimmy Butler and company, the guy adjusts to whatever roster he has and then he plays accordingly. And that was my problem with Josh Gaddis. That I get it, dude. You want to run your power, your power offense. It reminded me a lot of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. He comes to the Dolphins and then he tries to run the Dallas offense, but he doesn't have the Dallas line or the Dallas running back. Right. And it's like, yo, dude, you you know, you got to go back and give Marino all the audibles. You can't give Marino a check with me system. What The hell is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, it well, can't be just either a run or a pass. And that's it. And that's all you're going to give Marino options. The run part of it is weak in your end because you don't have, you know, uh, Nate Newton and company at the line and you don't have Emmett Smith, you know, back there. And it was a terrible job as of a head coach adjusting to the offense that he inherited and to me Gaddis and 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 Jimmy taking over for the dolphins there were a lot of similarities in the you know terrible coaching side of it
1: well, I, yeah, I mean, look, sometimes guys are just not a good fit, and that's, and that's why sometimes when we when we see these postseason awards, right, for assistant coaches like the Royals Award winner, sometimes it's more of a product of their system and their and their overall team success, not so much that they're excellent play callers or, or adjusters. You know, the, the Eric Spolsters of the world, I think, are few and far between. You know, I think that, that should only make uh, Miami fans uh, appreciate a guy like Bolster more, that he could adapt his teams to whatever personnel he has, and ultimately the best coaches do that. Um, but I think in this, in this case, I'm not letting Mario Cristobal off the hook. You know, he came in here with his own vision. You're he right. hired God is for a reason. You're right. uh, and and he thought he could run the offense. Now I will give Mario credit for this. He pulled the plug as soon as it was over. Right. Uh, we've seen right. a lot of other guys come in here as head coaches and be idiots about things and just say, oh, I'm sticking with this guy and that's it. And, and so look, it was year one. They weren't going to win more than seven games or eight games with that roster last year. Even when they were fully healthy, they just there's still too many talent holes. There's still too many culture issues uh, on this roster to, to win big. So um, it was a rough year. You kind of have to leave it where it is. And now a guy like Josh Gattis and a guy like Mario Cristobal can move on, hopefully with uh, better systems and better people around them to help them have success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I just needed to see more. Look, I see it from Larinaga. He adjusts to all his teams, mm-hmm. no matter what he has. Uh, obviously, I saw Shula do it for a long time. You know, the good coaches, hey, Phil Neville, you know, I follow all sports. Yeah, He adjusted with the whole Higuain thing. He benched his ass and got, got his attention and then got him to play the way he needed him to play and lost a little weight and had a hell of a season, you know, last year. And now he's got a new team and a different team. and And the guy continues to adjust. To me, that's... That's how a coach shows me that they know what the hell they're doing because you're not going to have the same talent every even though you might be building this kind of an offense, this kind of a defense, somehow or another one year injuries, this that changes you, you know what you are and then you have to adjust to what you are and that's going to happen to coaches and to, for Gattis, it was just you know one of those things that I didn't like now, one thing I do like that I saw. Jarrett Payton just tweeted out uh, that um, uh, Alonzo Highsmith reached out to him, and apparently he's reaching out to all the former Canes to kind of roll to former Canes to tell them that the University of Miami is here with open arms and ready to go. And there's Jarrett Payton. He says, just got a wonderful morning call from the great Alonzo Highsmith He's calling all former Canes football players, said the door at the U is always open for us. Love it and thank you. Coach Cristobal, we're getting things back on track. So your thoughts on on that reaction from Jarrett and and maybe the, the rest of the Canes uh, world, how are they going to be reacting to something like this now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, certainly all the former players want to see Mario get this right. I think, you know you speak to a lot of these guys off the record and individually, and they're all super disappointed with the way things have sort of transpired. Uh, but they're also excited by the fact that the university is pumping money back into this thing in ways it never had before. The fact that they're allowing Mario to, uh, you know, pay guys to go away and to bring new guys in. Uh, so there's a lot more excitement, I think, around the program. Look, the, the alumni is always going to be supportive uh, you know, and, and stop by practices and come by and visit and, and talk to kids uh, when they're asked to talk to kids. They do that. Uh, I think, you know, the one thing Miami has always had is a strong alumni support system. Uh, the, the issue here is getting these guys to do it consistently and show up all the time. There's a few of them that do. You know, you see the John Beasons of the world. Um, you know, you see the Jonathan Vilmas, the guys that that, that are, are by the building quite frequently and around the kids and talking to the kids. Um, you know, a lot of them come back for the paradise camp or what used to be known as the paradise camp in the in the summertime and, and, and you know, in the spring football time. Uh, so you, you'll see um, you'll see guys pop by. But in the long run, man, they, they want to see this thing turn around quickly and, and they're tired of the losing. They're tired of the, the mediocrity and. Um, Hopefully, you know, Mario gives them something to to grab onto this year. I, I think eight and four, man, that's the number. I think that's the magic number. If you can get to eight wins this year with this group, um, I think a lot of positive things come out of that. Uh, I think anything less than that, people are still going to be saying, man, this is the same. This is the same deal. So but I think the former players will be there. And it's good that Alonzo Highsmith and others are, are trying to make this a public thing where, um,
0: you know, they're speaking it into existence uh walt dog obviously doesn't pay attention uh walt dog you'll be close to getting uh blocked here i'm gonna ask your fucking question don't be spamming on the chat board ask once and leave it there if i want to ask i'll ask if i don't want to ask i don't ask but if you keep spamming i'm gonna block your ass and you won't have a shot at getting in on the show anymore big o please ask Walden Charles, wide receiver for 2025. Why, 2023, 2020, 2030 wasn't uh, close enough for you? Anyway, he was at Miami yesterday. What does M- Manny know about him? FSU offered him a, a scholarship this week. He's on the way to LSU. Deion Sanders wants him to come to Colorado next month. Okay, Manny, please help Walt Dog. He's having a heart attack, a grown man about some kid in 2025. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, look, I I, I get it. I just came from two uh, combine slash camps uh, that Under Armour put on last week uh, over at Bradenton IMG Academy and and then uh, over in Orlando on Sunday. So I've been around a lot of 2024, 2025, and 2026 guys. I also have communication with people at Miami about who they're looking at. Uh, Look, the concentration right now, we are... Ten months away from signing day for the 2024 class. The 2025s. I'm not trying to dismiss them and say it doesn't matter, but there's so much time, man. There's so much time for these guys to go on unofficial visits all over the country. It's what they do. Uh, is this is this a kid that they're interested in? Absolutely. I think you know size wise, he fits what Mario wants. I think he's the kind of player. Uh, that the kind of prospect that you want to watch develop here over the next year, obviously they're not the only program interested in him, but um, right now I think the priority again are the 2024 guys getting some important commitments here in the, in the months ahead uh, the 2025 guys, you just want to develop a good relationship with. And I think, you know, the one thing I will say, Oh, and I know Miami fans aren't going to like this, but I think Florida state has done a really good job in the last year with Alex Atkins, their offensive coordinator, who I, who I think will be a head coach down the road. I think Florida state has done a really, really good job uh, setting themselves up for the recruiting trail, obviously winning 10 games helps, but I think those coaches have done a really good job in state with in state prospects. I think Miami is always looking more nationwide now for players under Mario because of his connections all over the place. So um, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure this kid is 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 a player we'll get to watch. We got a long time from now until December uh, 2024 to find out where he's going to school. Okay. All right.
0: There you go. You got your answer. Okay. It's like, by the way, just because you and I talk about this all the time, Manny, those of you out there that worry about recruits, recruits don't mean shit, dude, because the kid might be unhappy six months later and then he transfers out. This happens all the time. Recruits don't mean anything. It means a year after you sign them, are they still there on, on your on your program? Then you have scored. Even getting somebody to commit to you doesn't mean anything whatsoever. Getting them to come to your building and 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 start their 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 you know, freshman year means nothing. It's a year later when you find out, are they still on the damn roster and do they actually have a role? Because well, if these kids don't have a role. They're going to leave right away.
1: Not not to defend Walt here, but I'm sure there's a, there's a reason why he's interested. He probably knows this kid could be a family member and he, he's just excited. Oh, he, he, he wants the kid to be at Miami and he wants to make sure the coaching staff is on top of him. And I'll say this, you
0: know, I, Mario doesn't man. even sleep
1: mario's always always on it and if they really want the kid to be here they're on it i i don't get the sense that this is the kind of coaching staff where they they were late to the party on getting kids on campus i was there we have
0: a psycho recruiter running this program (laughs) we have a psycho recruiter yes relax bro we have a guy that if he doesn't want to come here it's not because mario cristobal wasn't trying dude yes okay Yes.
1: And they, I was there for junior day. I saw a lot of kids come through there. Oh, all of them, you know, the, the moment they're greeted by an entire recruiting staff, the moment they get there and they get their little name tag and they walk in the building. I mean, I was there for two hours watching it happen on Saturday. Uh, There's so many people in Miami's recruiting department that have an influence. Uh, I, I don't think people get ignored by Miami. That doesn't happen anymore. Tomorrow, oh, he, say,
0: he says he is a family member. There you go. There you go. So he's he, excited. Well, you should give us freaking insight. Not <laughs> us give you insight. What the hell, dude? If you're a family member, what? The, come on, spill the beans, bro. <laughs> Listen, I,
1: I, I will say this. Oh, uh, he I saw in one of I, saw, I looked at the text. Now he mentioned Colorado and you mentioned Colorado no, um, I just read what he said. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah. Uh, Dion, man, there's so many kids like you don't understand. Oh, there's so many kids that, are, that just love Dion. We oh, uh, we, we had our uh, athletic um, we did. We ranked the top 69 or, or all 69 power five teams based on recruiting potential. And I know people think I'm batshit crazy for saying this, but I actually put Colorado fourth behind Ohio State. Uh, Georgia and Alabama, because he's the kind of guy who could steal five star players from just about anybody in the country. I think those are the only three brands that are stronger than Dion right now. And, and by the so, way, I'll
0: say I'll say the kind of shit that people won't be willing to say. Yeah. What he did at Jackson State. That makes you even bigger in the black community all over this country because yeah. you went you went somewhere selflessly. Yeah, of course, to establish your name, but you lifted a black college in the process, right? You gave them, you gave them a bigger stage for, for a short amount of time, you made their lives better. And you know, you gave that program a little bit of a springboard that whoever takes over now, it's a slightly easier job than it was before Deion Sanders got there. So that wins a lot of Brownie points out there for a lot of parents. And so, and a lot of kids see that, that he is fighting for their community. And, I, and that's really, really important. And so I think Dion wins over a lot of people and a lot of young people in today's world, you know what I mean, because of what he did at Jackson State. I, th- I think that he gets a lot of goodwill with all of that, I believe, personally.
1: You no, know, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I think, you know, the other aspect is a lot of these kids like a Cormani McLean, who we talked about ad nauseum for months, you right? Oh, right. On this show. Uh, he, he's a guy who loves being on TV, right? He's got a, a mother who wants him on TV. So there's not a lot of coaches nowadays, sort of, uh, trying to set up TV deals, right? To have Amazon Prime do a behind the scenes documentary. They don't want anybody around their players. They're trying to keep the media and everybody else away from them. Whereas Dion is in this NIL world, pushing every button he's got to push to get players to come play for him. And I think that's what makes him attractive. That's what makes him a dangerous threat. If if he has any level of success so at Colorado where they win six, seven, eight, nine games oh, wow, yeah. in the next couple years, I mean, can you imagine Dion at a Texas AM, for instance? What he oh. would do there replacing a Jimbo Fisher? Right. Could you could you imagine him if if Mike Norvell moves on or Florida State decides, hey, we it's time to bring this guy home and make him our coach? What what he would do at a university where they're located geographically, located where there's an abundance of talent. Put him in Texas or Florida or, or Georgia, Georgia, and and Deion Sanders would absolutely explode. And
0: even saying oh, that, oh, off, by the way, California. I mean, he is hot. Yeah. He is prime time. Yeah. So put, put him in UCLA or right. USC or something like that. Yeah. Put him in a
1: place like that, and I think he would really explode. And, and really, I, I think uh, I think that's the next step for him. And, and uh, look, Colorado, the Pac-12—they're—they're they're losing USC and UCLA. Uh, if, if the Pac-12 stays together as is, uh, there's no uh, there's no problem why this why uh, you know the Buffaloes couldn't all of a sudden you know climb to the top of that conference with just Oregon and Utah there. I think they're they're in a very uh, they're in a very good position and the West Coast to thrive. What are you working on in the
0: athletics so folks can check you out, Manny?
1: Well, uh, look, there's a, there's a ton of content coming. I, I've, I've got a feature story on Julian Sain, who's the uh, Alabama quarterback commitment for the 2024 class. I'm going to have something on Francis Maui Goa, uh, who, who we talked about earlier with the Hurricanes. I've got a bunch of recruiting geography stuff. Um, that's going to be coming out the week I'm on vacation. I'm, I'll be working next week, oh, but then the, uh, the week that Miami comes back, that's my children's uh, – spring break and i'm taking them on vacation so so
0: um you know i want augustine again no 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 we're taking we're, okay all right, all they, right. My,
1: my oldest is turning 12 she's they personally
0: told me they're tired of saint augustine so i'm just tired. <laughs> they, they are that's where the grandparents are of youth because they're already <laughs> youths they don't need any more youths water okay so you know you got to take them somewhere else they they told me all right come you, on Universal Studios, oh, uh, though. There two, we go.
1: That uh, four-day uh, pass that they got going now, that's what we're doing. So uh, we'll, there be, we'll be there uh, riding a bunch of rides and sweating our asses off in the heat. But uh, it'll be fun.
0: It's all right. You'll be all liquored up. Nobody will notice. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his exceptional work there at The Athletic. Better yet, subscribe like I do. Manny, have a great weekend, my friend. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Take care, man. Thank you, sir. There you go. Manny Navarro. We are here at Canesware. This is the Canesware Miami Hurricanes report. We are at Canesware. You know, they've got anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. Inter Miami gear. We got a big Inter Miami game tomorrow. You want to cheer on your Canes, man? You want to buy a shirt or something like that, a jersey, hat, something out here? They've got them for you. Dolphins gear, Marlins gear, Panthers gear, Miami Heat gear. All kinds of stuff here at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Come see Brett. Come see uh, Jeff. All the amazing people out here at Canesware. And tell them that Big O sent you. They will take care of you at Canesware, baby.